Hello and welcome back to the Just Be Here With Me podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about what I wish I knew before I got diagnosed with anxiety. Hey there and welcome back to the podcast. I wanted to make an episode today about mental health because I know I've been doing some school-related episodes the past few weeks and I really wanted to just give you guys another kind of topic for this week and I've been really wanting to make this episode for a while I actually had it written down in my planner I wrote like all these different ideas (laughs) for episodes and stuff and so this one is one that I am actually having as part of a series so I'm thinking I'll make it a series of what I wish I knew series about all sorts of different things from PCOS to, um, you know, when I'm done with my treatment, maybe like IMO and um, different chronic illnesses I deal with. Um, Maybe even what I wish I knew about academic things, like what I wish I knew before going to community college or um, before going to college even, (laughs) before going to college online, things like that. Um, And so, yeah, you can let me know if there's a certain topic you want me to explore. I obviously... I'm kind of limited by personal experience, so there's things that I might not be able to dive into, but certainly if there's something that you are interested in, that you'd be interested for me to make an episode on in this series, because I will probably continue these episodes. I won't like have them every week. I've, I've had series before. I had a back-to-school series that I did where I had like a whole month of August dedicated to it. I won't be doing that this time because that would be too long. (laughs) It would be like a lot of episodes. Um, So I think I'll do these every so often. I don't know, maybe once a month or I don't know if I'll commit to that or not. I might have other ideas that I want to share with you guys, but I'll definitely do them every so often um, and just kind of go through things I wish I knew about different things that I've dealt with in hopes that anybody else going through the same thing will be able to relate So today we're getting into anxiety. So I'll just go ahead and jump right in. I made a whole list of things that I wish I knew. (laughs) And they're kind of in the order um, that, you know, I think will be most helpful and just kind of well-rounded. So the first thing that I wish I knew is that it's not just you. In other words, it's not just me. (laughs) Because I thought for a long time... You know, like I I knew when I first had an anxiety attack, I didn't have like a panic attack. I wouldn't call it that. But when I first had an incident of anxiety, I remember it. Um, And I remember feeling as a 12-year-old like something was off. Um, And I was in a crowded place. I was downtown in a city downtown. And I was walking around. And I remember just feeling off, feeling insecure and I just couldn't stop crinkling this wrinkle, this, um, not wrinkle, I'm sorry, crinkling this water bottle. <laughs> Try saying that fast. Anyways, <laughs> crinkling this water bottle. And I remember being like, that's weird. Like something's off, something's wrong. And I know that doesn't sound like an anxiety attack, I guess. Um, but inside, because I had a lot of trouble expressing my emotions at that time. And... I really didn't acknowledge them much and I went through a lot of like numbness with them and stuff and so inside I was really feeling super uncomfortable and 
it just came out physically and I wasn't even really sure what it was, but I just knew immediately like something's wrong. And so I actually got into therapy relatively quickly after because I went to my mom and I was like, something's wrong. I have, I have something going on. Like, I think I have something going on. Um, and I don't know if that, at that time I even had enough self-awareness to be like, I think I have anxiety, but, (laughs) um, anyways, I went to a therapist and we talked and I don't really remember when I, um, I mean, I remember being officially diagnosed with with generalized anxiety disorder. That wasn't by my therapist. That was a few years later by a psychiatrist. But she said, this sounds like anxiety. Um, And so, you know, as I've gone through therapy multiple times with different therapists, this has been really, really something I've returned to, I think, over and over and over again. Because, like, especially now... Um, because as a very young person struggling with anxiety, and I think I've actually struggled with it my entire life, <laughs> um, I can look back and see moments as a kid where I'm like, that was anxiety. And like, people just thought I was really sensitive as a child. Um, but there were things where, you know, I would get like really afraid of things or have intrusive thoughts or like, just things that are like, I feel like just not really normal necessarily in terms of like just normal phases of development. Like obviously as a kid, you get scared of some things, but I definitely remember having a lot of things going on inside my brain that um, were just very different. For example, like I I had this for years, by the way. This wasn't this didn't go away until I would think I was like fifteen, um, which is kind of crazy. Like I obviously knew at this certain age, like I didn't need to be I didn't need to be afraid of this, but I also was like still having intrusive thoughts and still struggling with it. Um, as a kid, it's very scary, but <laughs> but um, basically, when I was in the shower, I felt so uncomfortable in the shower because I always imagine a shark eating me. <laughs> which is just like crazy but I just always did and so I had these intrusive thoughts and I like couldn't like like really struggled as a kid with that and feeling comfortable in the shower and and I remember like my dad telling me a story about how he changed the shower head one day just because he wanted to change it and stuff and I like screamed I was like screaming in the bathroom and he's like what's wrong and it's like the shower head you know so it's just like really crazy it must have been like sharp but it might have looked like shark teeth or something and I must have gotten freaked out about that but that didn't go away for like until I was like 15 or something and I like you know still sometimes have like intrusive thoughts like that and I don't really know exactly where that comes from but like, I know there's something where, like, when I was really young, I remember my parents were like, oh, let's watch Nemo, and I just started, like, screaming at the shark and stuff in Nemo, and it wasn't even one of those scenes where, like, he's trying to be scary. It was, like, a funny scene, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know if that's the thing that got me scared of sharks, but I was just like, I can't do this, you know? Um, so we turned it off like right away (laughs) and stuff. So it was like, but yeah, that continued, that followed me. It wasn't something that I, I let go of, which I think, you know, I feel like, and maybe this, maybe you can relate with other things that you're just like, I don't really know where I got this as someone with anxiety, but 
um, I just like had it and it was kind of, I guess it feels strange because you feel like other people probably don't deal with that, but I don't know. Um, so yeah, you can let me know if you want to send me a voice note and be like, yeah, I had similar things. Or even if you had like some of the same things with like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I do have like a phobia of sharks, which I can, I kind of am like not really mad at because they are quite dangerous. So, <laughs> you know, it's not bad, but I no longer have, I no longer struggle with like those thoughts and stuff. I feel very comfortable like taking showers and stuff. And I don't know. Um, but I would feel uncomfortable taking baths and like all these things, um, and stuff. So yeah. And another thing, which I have relearned this lesson quite often of like, it's not just me, other things that were more recent, um, for me that I was exploring in therapy. Like I had this voice in my head. Um, I have two voices. Well, I guess they're, they're kind of connected into one. Um, and it's not like a voice voice, but like just my thoughts are guided in a certain direction that I know now is anxiety that I didn't know last year when, before I started working with my current therapist. And one of those things is this like internal perfectionism that's like obsessive in a way that's just whoa (laughs) you know (laughs) um to the point where I'll like I'll be writing an email and it'll take me like half an hour to write like a two or three sentence email you know and it doesn't take me that long anymore but it took me so long I would have to like reread it and reread it and reread it because it's like well what if there's one tiny error and my professor's gonna look at it and be like oh my god that's the one thing I see because that's the one thing that like my brain sees and of course my professor's probably like not even going to pay attention to it. And I was actually, it was funny because I was challenged with this recently because I submitted a paper. I was exhausted. Um, I'd been dealing with some weeks of insomnia at that point. Um, and this was like a little while ago due to some medical things. And <laughs> I submitted a paper with the date February 30th on it. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, this is a great paper. Oh my God. And then I go to look at it. I was like so proud of myself. I go to look at it the next day and I see the date and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like so mad. <laughs> and past version of me that didn't get that, but at the same time trying to not obsess over it. Um, so I still kind of, I still like have that. I just don't listen to that necessarily. But anyways, it was taking me, it was taking like everything in me not to like, you know, just freak out about that but anyways um and I was like you know what I need to let this go so I've worked on that much more and it's been a lot better but you know I just yeah I I guess I still sometimes struggle with that um and this internal pressure to like do like be not the best in the way of like beat out anybody else but just like I have super high standards for myself that are quite quite high and in pretty much probably unrealistic way and I even as I'm saying this I'm like oh they're not really that unrealistic and you know they're not really that crazy and it's just like yeah they're probably they probably are um, you know so yeah like to the point where like you know I'll get like a 92 on an assignment and my whole brain instead of being like oh my god I got a 92 will be like what about the other eight <laughs> percent you know not that I expect to get like perfect grades or anything but just like oh my gosh you know or I'll get like an 85 on something and be like that's not good enough for me (laughs) like you know 
it's crazy. Anyways, um, I know some of where I got that and stuff, but that's also somewhat anxiety because there's kind of this like internal pressure of like, oh my God, what if something's wrong? Oh my God, oh my God, you're gonna miss something and then you're gonna fail and then you're gonna like all this catastrophizing basically. Um, or like people are gonna hate you or something crazy. That's like obviously not true. Um, and it's just such an obsessive little voice. And I thankfully, like I still have that some sometimes, but working with my therapist, I'm like, oh, I don't need to listen to that. It's okay. Like, you know, and then there's another voice, which is very connected to, I guess, this perfectionist kind of voice of like this speediness, this you're reading too slow. Oh my God, you should be 20 pages ahead of where you are now, even though you're exactly where you need to be with your course schedule. <laughs> Why aren't you going and reading things ahead? Why aren't you going and like doing things ahead of time and go two weeks early or some crazy thing like that? You know, like you should be, you should be working even when you're not supposed to be working. And like, why don't you work on this? And like, why don't you work more? And like, you should be doing this. And like, why aren't you doing that? And like all of these things that are just like, whoa, <laughs> you know, excuse you. So, you know, <laughs> so that's just, I know that that's the voice of my anxiety now. And I used to believe those thoughts. Like less than a year ago, I was going, oh my God, I'm such a failure because I'm not doing the, this, 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 this. And it's like, oh my God, like, no. My therapist helped me to see, hey, you're dealing with like five chronic illnesses right now. Going to school, dealing with personal things, dealing with mental health things. Like you're doing a lot. And now I get to the end of the day and I'm like, hmm. I did do that, you know, <laughs> or I do have time, you know, and it's nice because I feel a certain amount of freedom from that. And I, you know, I still have that. I'll still sometimes be reading and go, oh, there we go. I'm, you know, I feel the speediness. Just sometimes I feel this like I'm reading too fast, you know, um, like I'm reading re much faster than I should be reading. And I realize, okay, that's anxiety just humming in the background. It's not even like a voice now because it knows that I won't listen to those thoughts, I guess, or whatever, or I just don't get to that phase because I stop it before that. But I'm like, okay. And I'll turn on like the little audio reader or something and like turn it to a speed that I feel comfortable with, you know, and it'll be just much more manageable for me. But I didn't really know until I talked to my therapist and I was like, I don't know. I feel all these things. Oh my God, am I crazy? And she's like, that sounds like your anxiety. And I was like, what? And she had this mantra for me that was so helpful. And it is, that's just your anxiety. Like, that's just my anxiety. And now I'll just like think to myself, oh yeah, that's just anxiety. And it's like so effective because you just, you can detach from it more and go, those are thoughts that are anxiety. And for me, that's been super helpful because I've been able to be like, oh, I don't believe you anymore. Or, oh, actually, okay, so that's just anxiety telling me that. I don't actually need to listen to that right now. You know, like I need to slow down. And and that's a cue. Whenever I feel like my brain's going a thousand miles a second, like I am, I need to slow down. I need to take a break. I need to get up. I need to step away from whatever I'm doing and just like be and just like be present and slow down. And there are days where I do that really well. And there are days where I don't do that <laughs> as well. And there are days where sometimes I don't do that. And I get into a phase where I'm like, whoa, okay, we're going way too fast. And then I know down the rabbit hole, I'm like, oh, okay, these were the signs. All right, I didn't pay attention to those. I'm getting way better at being aware though. And that is really, really helpful. Another thing I wish I knew was that you need help. You can't do this 
on your own. And that's not to say you can't do this on your own. Like you absolutely need to get a therapist. You absolutely need to get a psychiatrist and go on medication. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that you need some type of skills. You need some some type of social support. I need someone usually who you can talk to, whether that is a therapist, whether that is a psychiatrist, although it's usually a therapist. (laughs) Um, If you're talking to someone about your anxiety, it's usually going to be a therapist, although they might be a psychiatrist as well and like manage your meds or something. But you need to have some type of a support system so that when you have an anxiety episode, when you have an anxiety attack, when you have a panic attack, whatever you struggle with, when you have anxiety that's just humming in your mind, in the back of your mind during the day, you have skills and you have people to go to who will help you or, you know, skills you can rely on that you've learned from people like your therapist, like someone else who has anxiety, um, members of your family who can support you and help you, you know, and send you encouraging notes through the day or help to hold you accountable if, you know, you want to do something and you're anxious about it, uh, to go with you or to support you and just be there, you know? Um, and this can be, you know, I, I feel like for every person in every situation, like I feel like every person in general, and this especially applies to mental health, but I feel like every person, anything you're doing, there's so many people who have helped you get there. Whether that is someone on the internet who shared something helpful whether that's someone who wrote a book that was super helpful for you, whether that's someone who made a TV show that was super comforting to you at a time of need, or whatever it was, your therapist, someone in your direct life, someone on the internet, um, something you saw, a song you heard, right? Um, All the things that you have learned and accumulated, you know, I think that this applies to a lot of areas of life. It's like, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for like a lot of different people who some of them and I guess most of them I haven't even met, right? The people who have been a lot uh, like really influential to me sometimes, not always. Obviously, I have people in my actual life who have been like physical life who have been incredibly helpful for me. And I think that and those people are like the most important, of course. But there's been people who have been incredibly helpful in my journey who have never met me, who are on the internet making videos on YouTube, making something on Instagram that helped me at one point. And it just gave me something, whether an example of someone who was dealing with mental health issues and gave advice or, you know, whether it's someone who made a video about anxiety and I was like, that is super helpful. I didn't even realize that this is a skill I could use, whatever it is. Um, You need some sort of support because no one can really go through this on their own, right? I mean, you, you, you can, you have resources. Like the truth is you have resources within you, but a lot of times it's really, really helpful to have someone guiding you, whether that is someone who you're working with professionally, like a therapist, whether that is, you know, the support system of your family or friends whether that even is a stranger online who makes something that you're like, oh, I didn't even realize this was anxiety. I didn't even realize this was a symptom of anxiety or, you know, I'm still learning about all of this because I just got diagnosed or something like that. And you're trying to figure out what to do. And there's someone who is a few steps ahead of you, maybe even like me making this right now, who gives you some sort of guidance that's like, oh my God, I feel way less alone. I feel way more validated in my journey because of you. And I think that's super, super powerful. So just know that you're probably going to need help on this journey. 
And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you for asking for help because advocating for your needs is such an important thing in mental health, but especially with something like this where you can kind of get isolated and close yourself off or feel like, oh my God, I shouldn't be feeling this right now. Why am I feeling this? It's so irrational or whatever. And it's like, that's just, you know, that's just anxiety, right? That's just the way anxiety works. Everybody has episodes of anxiety. Some people manage them better than others. And it's okay if right now you're not managing it great. You know, you're not doing well with it. Like, I understand that. I have been there. I am in some ways still working through some things right now with my anxiety. And so, you know, you do get better. You do know more. The more you know about it and the more you know about your anxiety in particular, the easier it's going to get for you, I think, because awareness is half the battle. Sometimes you don't realize, oh, this is an irrational thought and you believe it. Me, I mean, I had so much social comparison like that and so much like my perfectionism that I was really unaware was anxiety and the whole speedy trying to like put all this pressure on myself to do all the things that's anxiety for me that's part of what it looks like for me it looks like other things too but that's part of what it looks like and I didn't even realize until a few months ago so that was really helpful awareness allows me to realize and separate that from myself so people who help you along the way and whatever is helpful to you like own that if it's not helpful to someone else that doesn't really matter for you, right? It matters for them, but it doesn't matter for you. Own what helps you. Own what makes you feel better, what supports you. You know, obviously, if your therapist or someone in a professional standpoint, your doctor is telling you, know, you know, this isn't actually a good coping mechanism, because there are some things that we do to cope that are not healthy, right? Um, whether those things are, you know, going to things like alcohol or things like that, um, which are not helpful in the long run right and and not usually beneficial in the long run um whether or whether that is something like a safety behavior that you keep going back to that's kind of holding you back to getting to that next level of freedom with your anxiety you know um those are those are things that you know um may not be as helpful right so definitely check with someone who really knows about that, whether that is, and again, that's where the social support comes in, someone who has anxiety, support groups, um, people who will encourage you to adopt those healthier coping mechanisms that help you to reach a place of greater freedom and management with anxiety. Um, And especially if you have like long-term, you know, generalized anxiety disorder, um, that can be really, really helpful to just have a support group of friends or a support group of people who deal with anxiety um, who can really provide you with some guidance and people who are a few steps ahead of you. So just remember, needing help is not bad. And it's really, I think, essential to reach out and forge connections, especially with mental health issues, because it can be so isolating. And you don't have to do this alone. You shouldn't have to do this alone. And it's probably going to take longer to reach a place where you feel comfortable again in your body and like you feel like solid without that support and at least that's been my experience and that's not to say like oh you're doomed if you're on your own (laughs) like no 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 you have a lot of resources within you so I don't want to like I don't want to downplay that but it is so important to reach out and I, I think without the people who helped me along the way I would be in a totally different place right now and I probably wouldn't be as far as I am now in terms of my understanding of my anxiety and in ways to manage it 
Uh, and so I, I think that can be super helpful in just accelerating your understanding of what's going on with you, your needs, and how to meet those needs in an effective way. It's also worth mentioning as well, I had mentioned you have resources within you, and I do believe that. I think that people around you can also be really instrumental in accessing them. So next, I what I wish I knew. One thing that I really had to learn how to implement over time. I, I knew this for a long time in my head and knowing it in a way where I was like, yeah, I can't keep doing this the same way is a totally different thing. And this is avoidance makes anxiety worse. The thing is, the thing is, you really, really want to avoid when you get anxious. And this is like an evolutionary tendency, okay? This is not just you. This is not just like your, you know, your singular brain. Everyone's brain, when they encounter something that causes agitation or anxiety or fear, is like, let me get uh, the heck away from here. Okay, you know, like, let me get away. Um, let me run. It's the fight or flight instinct, right? You know, and, and flight is very common because it's like, nope, this isn't pleasant. Let's leave. Let's leave. Let's, let's leave before we get attacked because there's danger here. There's a perceived threat and your brain is going to go, get out of here. The thing is, right, there's actually not a threat. So, you know, if you're having anxiety, maybe when you like step into, you know, the subway station or something, right? There's no real threat in the subway station, right? Going on the subway, you know, there's no actual real threat there. You know, maybe you've had a panic attack there and it feels like, oh my gosh, if I go back there, then I'm going to have another one, right? The thing to do in that situation isn't actually to avoid the subway station. It's to go back and face that fear. Because when you face that fear, you actually lower your anxiety. And this seems counterintuitive, especially if you're new to experiencing anxiety. It can feel really scary at first. And you can feel like, whoa, I never want to experience this again. And you are fully justified in feeling that, by the way. I mean, everyone feels that way. I feel that way. I don't want to do things that make me anxious. At the same time, I know that doing the things that make me anxious help me be less anxious in those situations because you do learn. As you go along, you learn, oh, hey, this actually isn't going to end this way. Um, And there's this therapy specifically for anxiety that is very, apparently very effective, which, you know, is, I think, mostly used for phobias, but can be used in general for situations that make you anxious. And exposure therapy, which I'm sure you're familiar with just generally. Um, but basically where you go and you like expose yourself, if you're, you know, afraid of dogs, you expose yourself to dogs over very, you know, small periods of time, um, and, and like small situations in small ways and work up to those bigger, more triggering situations and work on your skill set, And then eventually you're not afraid of dogs anymore. And you know, it works different ways for different people because they say that as you face your fears and as you go through the anxiety, the anxiety gets to be less. And I think for most situations and most people, that is true. 
And there are some things where, you know, you you just have a trigger and some people say like, no, my anxiety didn't actually go down. Um, or like it took a, a while, it took longer than expected to go down. Um, but because they made it through the situation, eventually it does teach your brain um, at the very least how to deal with the situation. <laughs> at the very least, it's like, oh, I can get through this. Oh, okay. All right. And the more you do that, the more it does, I think, actually go down. Even if you are quite anxious each time you're doing something, eventually you do get to the place where you're like, oh yeah, okay. All right. I can do this. You know, the other thing is that you learn a lot of coping skills. And so in those situations, you're like, well, what do I do? And so you can pull those coping skills that you're learning with your therapist, um, that you're learning from books on anxiety by psychologists or things like that. And you can pull all those things out and actually use them in real world situations, which is how you actually get to the place where you're managing your anxiety. So let's say your anxiety is generalized and it shows up in a lot of different ways. Like for me, my anxiety is generalized. It can show up in a lot of different areas, sometimes when I'm not expecting it. And sometimes when I'm like, oh yeah, I know this is probably going to make me nervous or anxious, you know? And so I can prepare ahead of time if I know. In the moment, I obviously pull from my coping mechanisms. And, you know, I've gotten pretty good I think in most situations, being able to stay somewhere when I'm anxious and even if the anxiety doesn't go down by the end of that experience, knowing that I've gotten through it is a victory for me. And I think that's kind of the thing to remember is like, even if it takes you a while, it could even take you a few months to get comfortable in a certain situation that you really have a lot of problems with in terms of anxiety. And that's okay. It takes time. So be patient with yourself. But there's also, I think, an element of judgment of like, oh, I was anxious or I feel anxious, so I must must be failing. And that's just not true because if you're exposing yourself to the situation and you're making it through it, even if you feel anxious, you know, even if it doesn't necessarily go down over time, um, it should, right? But even if you're still struggling with some anxiety or it goes down a little bit, but you still have a certain level of nervousness, let's say you're just afraid of public speaking, then a lot of times you might just have that situation where like if you have that situation pop up every time, every so often in your life, you might have a lot of anxiety with that. But knowing how to handle it means that even if you have a lot of anxiety with it, you can get through it, manage it well, and then, you know, when it's over, you feel proud of yourself and you should feel proud of yourself. The goal is not necessarily, and I think the goal is not just flat out to eliminate your anxiety because you can't do that. And that's another thing that I wish I knew as well is like, you're not going to get to this place where it's not there. You can get to this place where it's like not really taking over your life, not debilitating, not, you know, crazy intense or high anxiety, you can get to a place where you function really well with it, but you're probably going to have situations that cause anxiety. And some situations are really warranted in causing anxiety. Life-threatening situations, totally warranted in causing anxiety, and that helps you. That's a good response. Like, your body has that response for a reason. It's not just you. It's how your brain processes a threat or a perceived threat, even if that threat is not actually something threatening, right? Like, public speaking isn't actually going to kill you, but it can feel like that, you know? So yeah. But every time that you face something like that, you know, it, it can teach you, sorry, I like stuttered a little bit, but anyway, don't know why. But 
it can teach you how to deal with those things. I mean, it can teach you skills to pull out every time that you face that situation, you know? And, and so anxiety isn't something that goes away that you just never deal with again. It's something that you learn how to manage well to the point where maybe you do have anxiety, like a normal person has anxiety about things and gets nervous. You know, might get nervous about a dental procedure. You might get nervous about public speaking. You might have phobias that you still deal with and stuff, but you know how to handle the anxiety to the point where it's not actually interfering with your life, you know? Um, and I think that's the thing with anxiety. When you're struggling with it, it's usually interfering with some aspect of your life, whether that's just general enjoyment in certain areas or situations, or whether that is you know, really functional and you're not able to do a lot of things. Um, or maybe you're struggling even with something really severe like agoraphobia. Um, and those are situations where, you know, when it's reached a certain level in your life, you know, you, you definitely need that professional help. And that's good to, to go ahead and, and get a professional, especially a therapist, um, who can help you. So, yeah, but, um, know that as you face that, it usually will get better. And, and even if it doesn't in the way that like maybe a similar situation still kind of gets you nervous or still kind of gets you to a certain level of anxiety, you'll know how to manage it. And so that'll be your superpower because even though you feel anxiety, it's not you failing. Like that's not you failing. That's you feeling it, doing it anyway, getting through it and not just surviving, but actually thriving. Because even though you had it, you made through that situation where before you might have left. And that is a victory. So I think this whole emphasis on like, if I'm feeling anxious, that's bad. If I'm feeling fear, that's bad. If I'm feeling nervous, that's bad. No, that's actually human. This level of anxiety might be a little bit, you know, higher than than perhaps what's considered normal, right? But when you find the skills and when you learn the skills and implement the skills to be able to handle that, you will get to a place where it's at a healthier level or even if it's at a higher level than maybe other people because maybe you have an anxiety disorder like I do um, you know how to handle it and cope with it in ways that are effective for you the next thing I wish I knew is that anxiety is an invisible illness so you know obviously this is kind of this is kind of an obvious point like yeah it is people don't see it but the other thing with that I think that can definitely happen with social anxiety and that just the social component of being anxious wherever you are, whatever you're doing, the component of like, everybody must know that I'm anxious. People usually don't. In my experience, people usually don't. People usually don't realize they're like, Oh, you looked so calm. And in your head, you're thinking I'm freaking out. You know, sometimes people do notice, but usually, usually like I would say nine times out of 10, unless someone really knows you or unless it's very visible that you're anxious um, or like you're having to be, you know, in a public place, maybe speaking somewhere and you're, you're shaking or your voice is shaking. Like unless it's really obvious, people usually don't know. And a lot of times I think it's not very obvious because a lot of times people just deal with it internally and they have this storm going on in their brain, but nobody actually sees that. Um, but the other flip side of this is that people may not see your struggles and they may not be able to relate or understand. So those people who maybe don't deal with anxiety or don't really get anxiety about things in terms of like they feel fear they've obviously everybody's felt fear but it's not necessarily you know interfering with their lifestyle the same way as maybe with you and so you might have people close to you or you might have people around you um you know who don't who don't really get it who don't really fully understand like why is she so nervous about this or why is he struggling so much with this and you know 
I think that's something that can be really hard to deal with. Uh, but my next tip and my next thing that I wish I knew, uh, well, my next thing that I wish I knew is a tip. It's, you know, obviously these are all things I wish I knew, which are not all tips, but I hope they're helpful. <laughs> um, but one of the things that I think can, can really help you to handle this, and this is the next thing I wish I knew, is is that communicating and knowing your needs is really a, a huge key to management, along with, you know, uh, avoiding avoidance, right? Not not avoiding things, uh, really going and, and challenging yourself, obviously appropriately. You don't want to do something called flooding. You don't want to put yourself in a situation where your anxiety is like a 10 out of 10. And it's like you never want to go back there, right? You're, you're putting your mind in a situation, your body in a situation where there's such a high level of perceived threat that that's probably going to be a more negative than positive for you, right? Um, and I guess it's kind of different with panic attacks because if you have panic disorder, you're kind of at that 10 or 10 out of 10 a lot um, or, or often enough for it to be disruptive to you. Um, and so you will have to maybe go through those things and the panic attacks will get less severe and less, you know, occur less often over time as you place yourself in different situations or if they're random, go ahead and go through that and learn, oh yeah, okay, this goes down eventually, you know. Um, but you definitely don't want to put yourself in a situation where it's like huge anxiety, you know. Um, and that's the thing with exposure therapy. The reason why they do it in such a systemic way where you're really going step by step is because you don't want to put yourself in that situation where you're like 10 out of 10 and you're really not sure how to handle it. My dog's just walking around. So that's what that background noise is. But um, yeah, you want to take it step by step. So remember to be patient with yourself and your process. My dog is taking a drink of water. So you probably can hear her collar like banging against the the bowl. <laughs> but anyways, um, but yeah, communicating and knowing your needs is key to management. Uh, and so, you know, knowing your needs is sometimes hard. Voicing your needs in the moment is incredibly hard. So when you're having anxiety, your brain kind of, the prefrontal cortex in your brain tends to kind of not have as much activity. And that's where you have complex thought and you're able to like voice things more easily. And you might struggle with social anxiety and communicating in general, you know? And so those are moments where you might want to take a moment with yourself, with your therapist as well. I highly recommend asking your therapist if you're struggling to know what your needs are, ask your therapist and say, you know, what do you see as something that could help me? What do you see are, are some skills that I could use and that, you know, I could use with other people around me who are close to me, who you rely on as a support system to be able to like communicate what you need. If you struggle with communication in general and what to say and how to say it, they can be incredibly helpful for, you know, methods of, of saying things, voicing your needs, advocating for yourself. Sometimes sitting with a journal and going, okay, what's underneath this feeling? What do I really need? You know, what's this thing that I need help with that this, this anxious feeling is telling me? And then communicating that to someone in your life, whether that is, you know, your professor, whether that is your spouse, whether that is, you know, your friend or someone around you who's trying to support you as you walk through this time of anxiety, you know, knowing like when I feel this way, I need you to do this. Or when I say this, I need you to listen to me here and, and do this can be really great because, you know, not only does it help people know what to do in situations where maybe they don't know the best way to support you and you can help them to kind of have a way to know, oh, this is how she's feeling when she looks like this. And this is like a signal that she needs some support here. Or 
you know, you can go ahead and invoice those needs, you know, in environments where, you know, you might feel a little bit awkward doing that at first, but it can be something that really helps you to thrive in that environment, whether that is work, whether that is school, you know, talking with your teachers or professors sometimes can be super helpful. And you have to, you have to see like what your comfort level is, but definitely the people around you who are supporting you, um, who are, who have personal deep relationships with you, who care about you, who want you to be well and want to support you. Uh, that is something that's really, really important. Um, and, you know, knowing what you need to be successful. And for me, this has really shown up recently with my chronic illnesses because I, you know, hadn't been taking everything with me that I needed when I was out if I had a flare up or something like that. And I think the same thing is true for anxiety. You know, if you have something that comforts you, if you have something that you can pull out, look at, you know, an app, um, a game, uh, you know, a fidget spinner or like just something that you can pull out or something, some tool you can take with you or like a list of all the tools you have if you forget what you can do in that moment of anxiety, something, some reference, you know, knowing your needs and taking the tools with you that can help you meet those needs in those moments can be incredibly helpful when you have a flare up or you're just dealing with a lot of anxiety in the moment and you don't really know what to do because you're not really thinking clearly because anxiety can make you feel like you just really can't get a handle on your thoughts. And so that can be incredibly helpful to just have that already ready you know and also to provide the people around you with a little bit of a framework for how to help you in those moments so i wanted to take a pause here because we're actually going to separate this episode into two parts that's what i'm going to do because i ended up recording a really long episode and you'll hear me in the second part talking about, oh my gosh, this is a long episode. Thank you for listening to this long-winded episode. And I decided, you know what? I'm not going to make you listen to one long episode. Instead, I'm going to actually split it up. So you will hear me say that next week. I did record the whole thing and then decided to split it up. So this is part one. And I have a lot to say on this topic, apparently. I had a lot of different things and I was like, you know what? This is really helpful. I'm not going to cut it. I'm not going to like make it fit into a certain mold what I'm gonna do instead is just cut it into two parts and have you guys listen for two weeks so I hope that this has been helpful for today and I will share more things that I wish I knew next week on the podcast about anxiety thanks for just being here with me today and let me know with a voice note or you can let me know uh, via email as well. I do have anchor.fm slash just be here with me. You can send me a voice note. You can also, I think, send me a message to my email as well if you want to do that that way. Let me know what you want to see next after this part two. Let me know if this has been helpful for you or if you found any of these tips really helpful if you're just starting out and you're like, you know what, this was super interesting for me. I really got a lot out of this. I hope you do. I hope it has been incredibly helpful and I can't wait to share more with you next week. Thank you and have a great week.